Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Sheriff Spotlight with the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office. Highlighting the office and deputies dedicated to providing law enforcement services and maintaining the trust and support of Rockingham County citizens all while keeping neighborhoods and communities safe. Good morning, I'm Sheriff Sam Page of the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office. Today we're here with the Sheriff Spotlight uh, brought to you by Rockingham Update and we appreciate everybody. Roy, thank you for uh, helping us bring it about and let everybody know what we're doing. Um, you know, Sheriff Spotlight, uh, I was gonna say, is very important because it helps us to be able to uh, highlight different activities within the sheriff's office because the sheriff's office is not just the sheriff it's multiple moving parts and today it gives me an honor to introduce captain wendell brown captain brown is uh fairly new promoted as captain but not new uh as our detention uh one of our detention supervisors so i'm going to start off as first of all is uh, wendell uh you've been working with the sheriff's office for how long 16 years 16 years now it's kind of interesting. We were talking a little bit about this yesterday, but um, you've been here 16 years. So you worked at our old facility. Yes, sir. The old facility was a jail that was built back in 1976. Mm-hmm. I was going to go back a little bit. You know, the jail before that was built in, like I said, 1900s. Mm-hmm. And, and up until 1976, it held about 12 beds, Yes. 12 inmates. So it didn't have a lot of room. That was across the street. Then in 1976, the new jail was finished, and it housed roughly what, uh, 90 some, yes, 90 some inmates, mm-hmm. and about 16 uh, female inmates. Correct. Okay, out of that 90. And uh, well, what did you like about that? What did you like about that facility? Um, Not much. <laughs> I, I liked it. It was. I say we went from Mayberry to Jetsons, meaning we went from old school to state of the art. Okay. Um, well, 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 so 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 basically, it was an older jail, mm-hmm. okay, and an older design mm-hmm. and concept. And then we moved in 2010. We moved Two, to a new. Yes. But let me let me go back to something else that I have skipped. Is what brought you here to Rockingham County? Uh, how did how did you find Rockingham County? Uh, what's your connection to Rockingham County? Um, my wife is from here. Okay. Um, I met her. I moved here. Um, when we first met, I was still working in Winston. Um, that's where I'm from originally. Uh-huh. Um, my she, job, I was laid off at my job, and I began looking for a job. Well, now, have, what, your educational background, because you still have connection. Yes. Uh, uh, you went to school here, didn't you? I went to Rockingham Community College. And, you, and what did you take in school? Information systems technology. So, so, uh, so you, 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 you learned about IT issues, yes. and uh, you got your associate's degree in, in, in yes, that sir. program? And uh, and then you you later came to the sheriff's office, mm-hmm. but you started with Rockingham Community College. So that's a you know that's just like, you know Rockingham Community College has been going a long time, mm-hmm. but they've got a lot of good classes there. Yeah. They can help you in your future here and stuff. So so anyway, your future uh, move forward. You came from Winston to the to the sheriff's office mm-hmm. looking for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And did did, uh, did you know much about detention officer working in the jail side? Honestly, I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, uh, but I came and I excelled. Well. Uh, 
what were some of the challenges as, as a new detention officer? You know, before you became a supervisor, what were some of the challenges to you that you had to learn as oh. you as you uh, learned how to do your job as a, as a detention officer and work in a correctional setting? Um, de-escalation measures, um, being able to talk to people. So, so what you're saying is, uh, there there's potential for arguments and people mm -hmm. for not agreeing and stuff when they're in close quarters. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, sir. And, uh, and you had the opportunity. Uh, you were able to go to uh, a school uh, to mm -hmm. train you about how to formally uh, the work you need to know as a detention officer. What what are some of the things that you learned from from the detention officer school that you went through? Was that was that local? Yes, I went actually went to Forsyth County. For Forsyth uh, mm -hmm. was it Forsyth Tech? Yes, sir. And then and you so you went to jail school, mm -hmm. and that runs about how long? Five weeks. Five weeks. And after you graduated from there, because you'd already been working the sheriff's office on yes. the job training, Correct. then you went. To the, to the uh, correctional school, and then when you came back out, uh, you continued working. Mm -hmm. um, so you did you work with Mona Webster? No, she had um, left. Had she? she had left. Mona, uh, did you start with uh, Captain, Captain Steele? Steel, yes. So sir. you worked with Captain Floyd Steele, who's formerly with the uh, he was with the sheriff's office and with the Eden Police Department, retired from the Eden Police Department, and as a lieutenant. And then you worked with him when he was the jail administrator. Yes, sir. Okay, and and then at some point. Uh, you learned, you uh, were, were, were uh, promoted to sergeant? Yes. Um, I was pro promoted to sergeant in 2010. And so you were, promote, were you promoted once we came to the new facility? Uh, shortly there. Okay. But prior to coming to the new facility, a lot of people don't understand this, is we ran the jail that housed 90 inmates. Mm -hmm. But we also were the prison unit where we're currently at. The prison unit used to be here, the Wentworth Prison Unit. Correct. And it, how, it housed roughly how many? Um, I think it was 60. 60, yes. yeah. So, uh, okay, so 60, 60 uh, inmates. And uh, so basically we ran two facilities. Mm -hmm. Now, were you here or were you at the main jail? I was at the main jail. Did you ever come over and work at this facility too, I at the did. annex? I did, yes, sir. Okay. Still same challenges? Yes. Being able to de-escalate situations here? Because when you're in a correctional or, or jail environment, you have to try to get along. Yes, sir. Okay. Our inmates have to get along with one another, or at least try to, and also try to get along with staff. Correct. So everybody's trying to work together to basically maintain a safe and safe and secure jail, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And so fast forward, uh, you said that you like this this facility better because it's it's a, it was a move more modern. Yes. Uh, our old jail had the bars, and mm -hmm. it was more it was a linear setup. Basically, is a it was a main hall, and then hallways that went off from it, and you had actually sales with bars, steel bars. Here, it's more of a dorm setting, right? Correct. Can you describe that to the to our listeners here? Yes. Um, here, we have pods, and we we have four pods and one dorm. Now, a pod is basically a housing area for specific inmates. Correct. And we have uh, two tiers. So we have a bottom tier and a top tier. Okay. And we have inmates housed on the bottom and top. Um, they're behind the door. Um, in the pods, but in the dorm, it's open, so yeah. they're free to walk around so, as they please. So in the pods, in the individual room where you may have one or two uh, two uh, inmates together uh, staying in that one room, you, you secure the door, Correct. and they have what they need there when the doors are secure, they have bathroom facilities, uh, uh, sinks and stuff like that. Right. And then and then when they need showers, there's a shower area too. Yes, so Because a lot of people don't go to the jails. You know, we prior to COVID, we, we also, we, we did tours and stuff mm -hmm. like this because we wanted uh, our citizens to know what a jail is and, and how we operate. Yes, sir. And uh, 
within the jail system, so like you get a, you do a lot of walking, don't you? Yes. And they're concrete floors, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, food service. There are certain requirements that the state requires us to do. Like uh, in our facility, who is our food service now? It is Summit. Summit, and 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 basically we we've had the same food service, but change of change names. Change of name. Yes, okay. sir. Okay. But they we've had them since probably since I came in they office. They were here when I started. 99, 99 mm-hmm. maybe. And, uh, and because in the old days, we used to actually have a, a person that was a designated cook mm-hmm. that helped prepare and had inmates that voluntarily worked with us to, um, trustees to work with us to deliver the meals. But we've changed that where it's now all uh, our, our employees and the, and the cook staff that are hired uh, from the company. Yes, sir. Okay. So we prepare all our foods there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Have you had some of the jail food before? No, I haven't. You, I haven't. you know I have. Yes. Yes. I, I generally come around on hot dog day, mm-hmm. but uh, but but our meals are professionally prepared. Uh, with our company, we do. They they have to have the meals. Actually, the meals have to be posted uh, on what's going to be fed. Type of meals are going to be fed during that week, right? A week yes. ahead, mm-hmm. and and also uh, meals are maintained. So in case there's any issues or questions about a meal. They can they can they they have a sample of that meal that they hold for so long. You know how long they hold that? I do not. Okay. Okay. Not a problem. I'm throwing you tough questions here, but now I do know that uh, uh, just just a couple things I've learned over the years is that uh, that the food uh, has to be a service serve temperature uh, is 140 degrees. Yes, sir. Okay. And I also know that uh, with our contract we serve two hots and one cold. That is correct. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I know I know one year when they had a power outages when they had power outages and one of the local stores uh, had their refrigerators go out. Roy, you're gonna like this. The refrigerator went out and they had a bunch of ice cream, and they donated the ice cream to oh, the wow. jail. So the inmates got some ice cream. Wow. You know, I mean, but but anyway, they do have a dessert. There is a special. There is some inmates that have special diets. Correct. And then there are also. Uh, do you know the cal- calorie, uh, uh, what we, we set for the uh, calories per inmate? 2,500. I was going to say, that's, that's, a, that's a daily required. Yes. 2,500. And so, uh, so a little bit about the meals. Uh, a little, um, I was going to go into this. How about exercise? When inmates want to exercise, where do they exercise at? Um, we have a day room, and we also have a rec yard. So when it's that, raining, that's a recreation rec- yard. Yes. Yes. When it's raining, the rec yard is closed because it's basically outside. But it's but it's enclosed. But it's but it's an outside walk area. Right. What what are the rules there? Um, when you're using the uh, the area, you have to be moving. You so because it is a recreation yard, mm-hmm. so uh, you can walk, mm-hmm. you can run, uh, but but you can't just sit. Correct. Because it's supposed to be for exercise. Because when you're in confinement, you do, you do need to do some exercise, do need some walking, mm-hmm. okay, for for your system, for your body, okay. Now, um, what about um, when did you get certified as a law enforcement officer, as a sworn officer? Because you were not sworn originally; you were trained as detention, mm-hmm. certified as a detention officer. But when did you become a certified uh, law enforcement with arrest power? Twenty nineteen. So so. So about three years now, you've been yes. a certified officer. Yes, sir. Okay. So uh, you have you have certain additional abilities you can. You can serve warrants if you need to. Yes, sir. Uh, we also have some other supervisors that are also sworn. And we have some deputies. I don't know how many right now, but off the cuff. But I know we do have some deputies that are sworn also that work in a detention setting. Yes, sir. Uh, what are some of the duties they might have? Um Transporting inmates to the hospital if they need to. We, have, we, we may have to transport inmates to the hospital. Uh, we may have to transport inmates to prison. Prison. 
okay, or central prison for safekeeping, mm -hmm. depending on the situation. Yes, so we have transportation officers that are certified. Uh, we have some detention officers that are certified as sworn law enforcement officers, dual certified. Right. And then, of course, uh, like yourself, you just got certified about three years ago. Uh, how was basic? How was that basic law enforcement training? It was tough. Um, I was the oldest one in the class. I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but but I said you look you you, you don't look like you've aged a bit since I first met mm -hmm. you, but uh, but you've learned. I know you've learned a lot and stuff. Okay, well, I was going to say is a lot of people don't understand because a lot of people don't come to our facility. Right. Uh, uh, you know, a small percentage of people come to our facility. I mean, in arrest that situation, but if a person is arrested by a local law enforcement agency, highway patrol, or sheriff's office. Can you tell the public how that process, how that rolls? Okay. Um, well, you're brought before a magistrate, um, given a bond. Um, after that, we'll bring you into custody. Um, we allow you to make a phone call, but it's once we finish our booking process, we need to get you in the in the computer, and that's how it generates your phone pin to be able to use the phone. Okay. Um, that's one of the major things they think when they come in, they get to use the phone. We have to. But but we do make sure that person, because persons that get arrested do have loved ones, do have family members. Correct. And if they do get arrested, they're going to want to know. And, and do you ever get calls from family members on the, on the jail line checking in, to, yes. to checking on the status yes. and the bond status? Yes. Um, that's daily occurrence. Um, it's no problem. We can give them that information. All they need to do is supply us with the first and last if name. If they get a first and last name, yes. then they can, and then you can let them know what their bond is and when their court appearances and stuff Correct. like that. Because a lot of, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people uh, that want to get their loved ones out when they do have a bond, and a bond basically is this. Uh, it's either a secure bond. Correct. Uh, unsecure bond mm -hmm. or written promise. Correct. Right? But if a person's placed on a secure bond where they have to post monies, uh, money can be posted by property, property. shown by property, uh, by cash, mm -hmm. or by or by hiring a bondsman. Correct. Now, now uh, with the with the with the cash and the property, when a person is in, uh, say a person has like a thousand dollar bond, for example, mm -hmm. secure bond. Once that bond has been satisfied by either showing of property that you have the property and you put up your property to guarantee that person's appearance, because it's all it, bond is just for the purpose, bail is just for the purpose of guaranteeing appearance. Correct. Okay. Uh, when that court case and that obligation is finished, your property is 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 released from that obligation. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you put up say a thousand dollars cash, once that case is disposed of and 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 the obligation is finished, then you then your money is returned. Correct. Uh, from the clerk's office. And but but the thing is, but with a bail agent, for example, if it's a thousand dollars and stuff like this, uh, you know, it's a hundred. It would be like if it was a the max a bail agent can call, can charge. Is one hundred? Excuse me, fifteen percent. Correct. So one hundred fifty. One hundred fifty dollars on a thousand. Correct. So you would have to put up one hundred fifty dollars cash, that you would not. It was not refundable. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't get that back. But that's for them to do the service of getting that person out, and guaranteeing that appearance. Of course, they also have people indemnify the bonds like cosign, Correct. so that you know if the person does show up, they can look at someone else also for liability. Mm -hmm. So there are three different types uh, of releases. One is a written promise. Yes, sir. The other one's a secure bond and the other one's an unsecure bond. Correct. If a person comes to the magistrate and it's an unsecure bond, once they once they uh, sign the paperwork, uh, they can be released. They can. Uh, if they secure bond, they go back, they transport it, move back to the jail side, and then that's when you begin your processing. And, and of course, a written promise is like it says, written promise. Mm -hmm. Now, those are, on, those are on formal arrest. The informal arrest is where somebody like out in the public uh, does something where a citation can be issued. A citation can be issued 
correct me now, for most minor misdemeanors. Correct. But uh, but there are some there are some offenses such as like driving while impaired, where you have to go brought, be brought before a judge mm -hmm. to set the conditions of your release. All right, now, all right. So once a person is arrested, mm -hmm. the bondsman set. They are, they go back to the jail. They go to pre-booking. During pre-booking, uh, what what is the process there? If it's not a DWI arrest, because we do have a breathalyzer machine, our alka sensor machine. I'm old school. Uh, alka sensor machine there and all that, and and an intoxilizer. Okay, mm -hmm. not the breathalyzer anymore. But uh, after that person is, is pre-booked, we take them in front of a what? What is that? What is the Tech 84? A lot uh, of people don't know what that is. Yes, it's our um, scan system to make sure that they're not hiding anything on them that was it's a body scan system yes all right so ladies and gentlemen what he's saying that the tech 84 system is a system we we got how long have we had it a year yeah yes sir. about a year and it's it cost about a hundred and fifty some thousand mm -hmm. dollars they're probably out of out of a hundred counties in north carolina they're probably close to 50 that have them now mm -hmm. uh during covid they became very popular but the reason why we got the body scan system is this is somebody took drugs or something that could harm them, swallowed them mm -hmm. during their arrest pro process, they swallowed them, it should show up on that scan. Correct. It's a body because it does internal and external. If someone's hiding drugs or weapons or somewhere where we can't see them, it'll alert us to let us know. And then, then of course, if you know anybody has any weapons on their outside, their, uh, their other person, it would also let us know. Uh, the main thing is what I'm concerned about besides the weapon issues is I don't want an inmate that got arrested uh, and brought in that may have taken, a, say, taken a, a vial or something of heroin or something like that, mm -hmm. or fentanyl, when he swallows that, if that stuff busts inside them, what can it do to them? Yes. It'd kill them. Yes, sir. And, and, and we don't want, we want to reduce any chance of any deaths in our jail and stuff like that. So uh, with this system, it helps us identify, and it's not uncommon for us to see something we're not sure of, and we immediately send them where? To the hospital. To the hospital to be checked out for, for medical clearance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we've talked about bond. Uh, I want to go back one thing. before. At that point, okay, you're booking. But one thing is there's also a thing that's being pushed, like in New York State, stuff like this, New York City, cashless bond. And do you know much about that? No, sir. Well, it's pretty much what it sounds like. Is basically a person comes in, they're arrested. It's like a written promise they okay. sign. Yes. They're not required to post uh, a cash bond to get out. And that's what they're doing there. But um, I can tell you that I, as a former bail agent is that I always believe that when you obligate somebody uh, financially, they have a tendency to show up. Right. But when you when that written promise is not always a guarantee. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Um, we, so we got to the we got to the booking part, pre-booking. Now the person's been checked out. They've been wand with the metal detector. Mm -hmm. They've been checked out on the Tech 84 body scan system. They don't appear to have any drugs or anything. They brought they're brought in, and mm -hmm. I know there's information you have to get from the person. Uh, what's what's some type of screening information that you may ask as an attention officer in the pre-booking? Okay. Um, obviously, we want to ask their name, make sure we have the person that we're. Um, we want to know who they are. We think we have. Yeah. Um, um, where they live. Emergency contact. Contacts for family in case of emergency or yes. something like this. Mm -hmm. um, what about uh, how? What about an interview? Do we interview the officers that bring the person in to see if they can tell us anything about that person's condition or mental condition yes. at the time? Which yes. explain that a little bit. So. Um, and why? And why it's important. Well, the officer was with them 
since the time they were arrested, they have most information. So we get as much as we can get from that arresting officer mm -hmm. before we bring them into jail. Um, a lot of times they will shut down and not speak to us, but the arresting officer already has yeah, that information. Yeah, and the arresting officers, because you know, a lot of people have the body camera stuff too, but the mm -hmm. arresting officer can let us know if there are any things we need to know about such as a mental health concern, right. such as talking of suicide or wanting to harm themselves or others, mm -hmm. uh, where they talk, or whether they, they say something about an addiction, Correct. or I don't, or if they complain of injuries. Because if we know someone's complaining of injuries, and, and what, what should we do? Get them checked out. Get them checked out through our, through our medical staff. That we have medical staff twelve hours a day, seven days a week. Correct. But also when we don't have when they're off, we also have access to the Rockingham County EMS, mm -hmm. the paramedics. They can come in, and if they recommend shipment to the hospital, we get them to the hospital. Yes, sir. Right. Okay. That's how we protect. On a mental health side, you know, we ask the questions. We have a mental health screening, initial intake screening, right? Mm -hmm. And we're trying to find out what? If, if there's a risk? Yes, if there's any uh, risk of suicide. Okay. Um, and it's based off of a point system. So if you... So, get, so it is a formulated program that's been designed by our, our, our medical... Uh, Provider mm -hmm. has helped us because we work together as a team to develop these protocols for mental health screening and for medical screening. All right, so you've gone through that process right there. You have to go over to the machine that, that costs many, many thousands of dollars. It's called a live scan, and yes, basically sir. it's an electronic what? Fingerprint machine. Yeah. In the old days, you used to do it with ink, ink. and now we, we roll the prints electronically. Yes. And it's a lot mess, less messy, right? Yes, sir. Uh, t I can tell you. And then once a person is 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 taken uh, and dressed out and his clothes and personal belongings are put away, mm -hmm. they've already at that point they uh, they brought out they they make their phone calls and everything, let their family knows where they're at, then if they want to if they want to, mm -hmm. and then uh, we have to decide at, uh, where we're going to house that person. Correct. And that's based on what's called classification. Correct. So classification means um, you classify the inmate based off of their. I'll say tendency. You keep the prey away from the predator. Okay, keep the prey. So what you're basically saying is there may be, what's the word, it's called keepaways. So if you have a person that may be a gang member, mm -hmm. uh, you don't want to house them with another gang member of a, a different gang. Uh, if you have a person that, uh, it, it may be multiple issues that mm -hmm. you may have to move people to make sure that you protect them. Correct. Again, protect them, the prey from the predators. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, and throughout the, uh, if a person stays in our facility for several days, several weeks, there's a, you, we're continually reclassifying people. Correct. And so you start at the high security end mm -hmm. and you work your way to, other. we always try to make sure that we house somebody with another person. Correct. That helps us with alerting for mm -hmm. medical or mental health issues mm -hmm. or suicide prevention. Try to do that. It gives them someone to talk to. Okay. And, 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 and I'll say this is, you know, recent, there was an article recently talked about we've had some deaths over the past couple of years mm -hmm. uh, with some inmates and stuff dealing with suicide issues and stuff like this. And I explained, I did a 28-minute uh, news conference. Roy, I don't know if you saw that, but I did about a 28-minute news conference explaining the dynamics of mental health and medical concerns in a jail setting mm -hmm. starting outside the jails and what you see outside the jails bring it inside the jail. So a lot of times if you've got an addiction or mental health concern outside, a lot of times you bring it inside. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple things. Medical assistant treatment, medical assistant treatment. We've been talking about this for a couple of years. Yes, sir. Basically that deals with? Um, addiction to alcohol or drugs, opiates. And, and, and what we're trying to do is we want to make sure that if a person 
has an addiction, whether it be alcohol or drugs, that we stabilize that person while they're in our, in our facility. Mm -hmm. Now, for the past couple of years, I've been working with uh, the different companies, looking at grants. Uh, I think there's some grants now through the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services mm -hmm. uh, that we're looking at uh, to apply for medical assistance treatment where if a person comes into our facility that, that is being treated prior to coming in, with medical issues and stuff for addiction and stuff like this, Correct. that we can continue have a continuation of service, mm -hmm. and, and and then when a person transition out, try to reconnect them with their provider. Correct stuff. So we want to make sure that if a person has an addiction, we deal with that situation while they're in there, and they, we're not there yet. Uh, we're working with our pro with our health provider in our jail that we contract with. We're working with our county government mm -hmm. because it's a funding issue, and we're working with the state to see what kind of grants are available through public health to help us do it. And our public health provider, let me jump to that. Uh, tr uh, our public health provider and our health director, and, and we got a lot of help during COVID, didn't we? Yeah, we did. All right, yes, during, did. during COVID, uh, a lot of jails, we got messaging is, do we do shot clinic for our inmates in our jail when COVID was going on? Mm -hmm. And and our interest was making sure that our inmates stayed well during the COVID. And we did a great job. You did a great job. I appreciate all the detention staff did a great job on making sure we kept ourselves healthy and also the inmate. But what did we do? We had shot clinics. We ran shot clinics with J&J &J, mm -hmm. uh, vaccinations, and we got a lot of participation. We did. Yeah, you know, we had to be careful. We can't say everything because of HIPAA, but we did We did run a shot clinic, and we want to, we want to thank our Rockingham County uh, Public Health, Health Department Health Director for helping us to be able to do these programs and keep our inmate population safe while they're in there because everybody out of jail is somebody's family member. Yes. Okay? So we talked a little bit about a little bit about COVID uh, care. We talked about mental health care in our jails, men, uh, me medical care in our jails, uh, suicide issues in our jails, addiction issues, um, jail ministry. Real quick, uh, we have a jail ministry. Uh, I, I've always supported the faith uh, uh, the faith group, our, our, our pastors and our, and our jail chaplains and stuff like this. How many chaplains do we have right now? We have, we have a primary chaplain and then we have... Um, it's, we're down actually since... Well, we call it, we're about 20? Yes, somewhere around there. Okay. And, and, and listen, if you are, or you are a pastor or you're a person that has worked in a ministry, uh, especially if you have background in, in, a, in, in, in addiction and, and, and mental health areas and stuff like this, if you, and, and you want to work with us in our faith community in the jail, uh, con you can just contact uh, Captain Brown. Yes. And, and Captain Brown's number, uh, you know, 634-3232, ask for Captain Brown, and he'll let you know. And we'd love to get you on board to help us and stuff, because we don't turn any of our chaplains away. Right. I always believe that if we can impart something with our inmate population while, we, while they're there, right. you know, uh, it, it means a lot. And also, I want to help the person so when they come out, they don't come back. Okay, uh, uh, let's see. Let me see what else I got here. Uh, officers, stress. Uh, how do how, you know how do officers deal with stress when they're detention officers? How do you deal with stress? Um, we suggest you get a hobby, uh, do something outside, outside of the jail. Of, yes, but it, it is stressful. A lot of a lot of sometimes you hear hollering, you hear noise. Mm -hmm. uh, people not people. Most people if they're in the jail don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're there because of what they've done. Right. So the thing is, we have to make sure that we get along, we look after our population, make sure we maintain safe jails, but we also we need to make sure that we look after our detention officers. Right now is a tough time. Uh, it's hard to get detention officers. Yes. It's hard to get deputies because a lot of people don't want to go into corrections or don't want to go into 
public safety and law enforcement and other services. But uh, we, we're going to continue to recruit. Yes, you sir. and I and others go out to the college and other locations where they're training. And I know we do the recruitment and stuff like this. But what was something, if you could say something about your staff, your, your correctional officers that work directly under you, the detention officers, what would you say? I would say they're definitely a hard working group. Would you um, would you say we got the would you say we got the best attention officer in the state of North Carolina? Well, I'll be a little biased. I work here, yes we do. Well I agree with <laughs> you. I I I totally agree with you. Uh Wendell, uh we're we're continuing to recruit. Uh, right now the county just passed a new pay budget. I just want to let everybody know. And I think the attention officers right now are gonna be starting a little bit above what? Forty thousand. So a little bit above forty thousand. So if you're interested in a career in corrections, detention. Contact uh, Captain Brown at the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office. Uh, $40,000 starting. It's not bad. Plus the benefits. Uh, again, we're looking, we're, looking for, we're looking for a good quality force. Uh, we are very diversified. And again, like I said, we are, uh, we're about out of time. So I'm going to say, uh, Wendell, I appreciate you. Captain Brown, I appreciate yes, what you do. I appreciate your service and your dedication to citizens of Rockingham County. And also make sure we have a safe detention facility. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Sheriff Spotlight for this month of September. Again, we look forward to seeing everybody in uh, October, and we'll have a new guest. Yes, thank sir. you, one. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.